The warmest of greetings to you, and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching. This is the podcast to help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science: storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen to empower your children. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me today is hi. I'm Rob. I work in a school just outside of Milton Keynes, and I've taught every year group from reception up to year six. And I'm Nicola, and I teach a junior school in Hampshire. And at the moment, I teach year six children. I have also worked at Teacher Training College, and hopefully, enthuse students to be fantastic educators themselves. And today, we are exploring English learning outcomes with a folktale from the Indian jungle. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for the real king of the jungle. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you sign up as an epic educator, you'll also get a copy as a paperback, joyously illustrated by Winnie the Witch's Corky Paul, as well as the full audio book for you to download at any time. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Rob, Nicola, Tendway, and Loris as we explore the English in this story. So, who would like to kick us off here? Very happy to go for it. So we'll start at the top <laughs> range of the school. This is ages seven to eleven. Okay, I mean the the language used in the text is some really good, um, rich vocabulary that comes through. Just even just reading it with the children, and lovely use of rhetorical questions as well that、mm. can e- easily be drawn out as individual sort of ideas to develop. So many ideas for English. I mean, it, obviously, it's a, it's a fairly long tale actually when you tell it. So even summarising the story could could be one task. But、um, an idea、um, could be to write a play script. There's a lot of speech in the script,、mm. and for the children to take a section of the script and write a play script and potentially act it out. That will link with a DT idea I have, which I'll、yeah. mention in another podcast. So yeah, play script idea, newspaper report、um, could be again at any point in the story. But、um, you know,、mm. news of the day. We've had tenderways eaten another creature. You know, we can actually ha- share news, and then we can interview、um, some of the characters that、mm. were there, the ones telling the stories. Also, what stories did they tell? And this is something that when I talked to my class about, they came up with maybe they could actually. Right, the children in class could write some of the stories that the animals would tell、oh, to, to tell、um, to Tenderway because、yeah. that's not mentioned, and it's 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 obsolete. But it'd be lovely to wonder if those stories could have a moral, or maybe、mm. those stories are trying to teach him to be a better a better character. Oh, that's、um, a brilliant idea, and and songs as well because some of the animals sing, don't they? So yes, yes, exactly, absolutely. Oh,、yeah. excellent. God, I, I want to have a go at that myself. <laughs> if, if this story ever is made into,、um, you know, a full-length feature film, then that that's definitely got to go in there. It certainly could be. I mean, I also love writing poetry and writing poetry about the animals. You know, you could be specific about the different animals or、mm. um, poetry linked to the story, the actual moral of the story. That also could come quite nicely into it because a bit like art, it can be colourful and bright. Just as this brings really vivid images of the characters that come to mind, poetry、mm. can bring that alive as well. Any particular kind of poetry or exercise that you might do to draw that out from your young learners? I would probably, I'd probably show them some models of poems that have been written already. Say,、mm-hmm. for example, poems about animals, and then they could look at 
like one of the characters, probably Tenderway actually would be a very good one to do and create a poem. It doesn't have to rhyme, but create a, a poetry um, about him. So looking at some animal poetry that's previously been written um, about different discrete animals, it, perhaps in the jungle or not, and then directing it to the animals that are in this particular story. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Let's move down the school, though, to ages four to seven. Rob, where are the English outcomes here for you? The English outcomes here, again, use the animals in both of them. And the first one Mm. I kind of looked at was describing the different animals, thinking of different adjectives you could use, because the descriptions in the story really help you to work out the kind of character that they are. Mm. And this is the kind of activity you could do with everyone from your reception class so your four-year-olds up to your six and seven-year-olds mm-hmm. so with the with the younger children the four and five-year-olds i would probably start with a picture of one of the animals and say how could we describe this creature having read the story and then go okay we know that this character is strong uh, evil has big teeth sharp claws things like that so just mm-hmm. bring out the adjectives to start off with but then as you came into year one and year two where it's slightly it's a slightly different curriculum start looking at the sentences that you could build up using that so your noun phrases that include a couple of adjectives to help describe what the different characters are like Mm. and again this is an activity that could also quite easily fit into key stage two as well but you could add in more detail to help describe the different characters you could start looking with your year twos at some simple uh, similes, hmm. which would seem quite good at the time. I've put lots of seams in there to help your transcription team. <laughs> <laughs> to really, really emphasize that this is a simile yeah. outcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the second idea is a bit blue sky in terms of thinking. But I was thinking about... Very um, appropriate, given the weather we've got at the moment. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and also yeah. given the weather that Loris experiences yeah. in his journey. So. It was to do with uh, handwriting. Oh. And uh, the way that we do handwriting at school, we use different kind of... So we have your tall letters and your short letters, and they all have different... Uh, the different groups have different names. So we have robot letters, which go down, up and over, and things like that. And I was wondering, could you kind of use some of the different animal shapes from the story to link to the different handwriting styles. Ah, okay. Uh, So kind of a bit of calligraphy almost, Hmm. a la biotapestry, that kind of manuscript era. Okay, so I'm trying to think of some examples now. Uh, I mean, the snake and the S is an obvious one. Yeah, yeah. uh... I mean, you, you wouldn't have to necessarily restrict it to the animals in the story. So right. you could do, for example, a giraffe and the neck was bent round to do the G and things like that. I see. Um, okay. And would uh, you want the letter to actually be related to the animal, like G for giraffe and S for snake? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> because, because, because a giraffe quite neatly fits into like a tall up and then back down again letter. Yes, yeah. Um, so if I was focusing on like my four and five-year-olds, I would say, no, a, a mm. giraffe is a tall letter. But with my year ones and year twos, I'd say, okay, well, let's play around a bit more and see if we can get the animals to look like the letter that they start with. Yeah, or well, you could use them to give you the first letter of an adjective describing the animal, and then you've sort of 
covered both your learning outcomes there, haven't you? Yeah, so you've got yeah. the tall giraffe, for yeah. instance. You're going to have, uh, uh, or even long-necked giraffe, if you want to use the giraffe for L. Yeah. Um, you could have curly snake, which would give you the curl for the C, um, and then maybe, I don't know, squiggly worm uh, or slimy, whichever's going to be easiest for you. Yeah. So, yeah, think, think of the adjective... Um, starting with a letter that has some sort of component of of the animal. Yeah, yeah, the brave bison, that kind of thing. Yes, yeah. I'm just imagining um, like a bee with two horns now. <laughs> some lovely alliteration from Rob there as well. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's sadly all we have time for in this episode, folks. If you'd like to talk to us about anything you've heard in this podcast or if there's a subject you are soon to teach that you'd like us to cover, you can find us on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favourite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world, so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective, memorable and enjoyable, all at the same time. Tomorrow, the animals of the Indian jungle will help us teach maths. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. <laughs>